0: we were discussing the the nature of faith as standing under and I'd referenced Hebrews 11 verses 1 through 6. Now then, faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. And we're saying that, according to Hebrews 11, verses 1 through 6, that there is a um, there is a definition of faith in connection with um, hope, and I, I was turning to. Uh, Hebrews 11, 1-6 to give you something of how that works together. Now faith is the substance and I was saying to you that that word is a compound of two words, H-U-P-O, hoopo, and S-T-A-S-I-S, stasis. I'll come back to that. Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the word hope there is the word elpis, e-l-p-i-s, and it is the evidence of things not seen. And then he goes on to give an example of that, in fact goes on to give two examples of that in quick succession. For by it, by this faith, the the pistis. Under which, upon which the elders stood, uh, things that they hoped for uh, were defined by and, and, and consistent with the evidence of things that they didn't see. So he says, "...for by it the elders obtained a good testimony." By faith we understand, that the worlds were framed by the word of God hmm? so that the things which are seen were not made of the things which are visible. In other words, the invisible is inferred, it's accurately inferred on the basis of the things that are visible. So the evidence, the evidence is that which is visible. In this case, the things that were made are the evidence because you can see them. But what they talk about, what they testify to, are the invisible things that pre-existed and out of which the visible things came. So for example, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, the earth was without form and void and darkness was on the surface of the deep and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Now those are not things we could ever see, they're invisible. But we can see when God said, Now let the earth bring forth seed, herb yielding uh, seed and the fruit tree yielding fruit after its own kind and it was so. Let the birds fly in the open firmament of the heavens," God said, and it was so. So these are visible things, we can still see birds, we can still see fruit tree bearing fruit with seed in itself and so on, but these all came by decree of God, out of the deep. Now what is this telling us, really? Is it about birds and seeds and the rest of that? No, 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 this is the essence of faith. He's telling us our epistemology, what we assume is true, is always going to be this leap this inferential leap but it's not lacking in evidence. The evidence is the visible but the visible speaks unequivocally of the invisible. Now, faith is not a mere inference based upon the visible of the invisible Faith requires a revealing of the invisible so that you may understand the visible correctly. Everyone can see the visible but our theories of how the visible came to be may be completely erroneous as in the theory of evolution so we can come up with the wrong epistemology based upon the physical evidence concerning which we may all agree. After all, it's not so difficult for us to agree on the visible things. That's a matter of observation, analysis, synthesis and theory and we can all observe but what our process is leads to or rests upon our epistemology. So the mere fact of the existence of a thing is not, does not automatically infer that we know how the thing came to be. But it's more than that really because we are now to have hope for other things. The visible things should inspire hope. What we hope for must be consistent with the truth underlying the existence of the visible, the existence of the tangible. So hope then, in that regard, is never wish. Frankly, God doesn't care what you wish for. There is an absolute connection between the two words, pistis, which is the word for faith, and elpis, which is the word for hope. What our epistemology is, is what determines what our elpis is, what our hope is. So if your epistemology is that because God created with such abundance, He made everything and He made an abundance of it, Uh, uh, Creation is the mark one expression of divine abundance and divine competence. Foolish men take that and say, therefore whatever you would ask for, God will grant without understanding that the Whatever you ask for has to be consistent with the epistemology, with an accurate epistemology. In other words, you can imagine God doing anything for you and you can call that hope and you could hope for God doing whatever you figure out is the best for you and you can ask God and you could quote unquote, work your faith and it won't happen. At that point it's not God's fault, God is never going to give you anything that's going to be harmful for you and most of the things we think of are just ways to secure an economy from God to keep doing what we want to do, isn't it? Interesting that the most of what we ask for from God is so we could live without the fear of God, so we could live independently of God. And we actually think God is going to give us what we contrive in our minds to get from God, which in the aggregate results in our being independent of God you don't have to ask God for anything else if He gives me just this one thing, if He gives me the good job that makes me rich, then I don't have to ask God for anything else because I may promptly enter into the economy of the sweat of my brow and live that way for the rest of my life and I'll thank God and even give tithes and offerings because He made me independent of reliance on Him. That's the mindset of fools there's much, much more to faith than just things. So let's get into it. So it is said, faith is the hypostasis. that's the word for substance. Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Now in wrestling with this concept, Scholars, especially in the 2nd, 3rd, 4th centuries, came up with the theory that Christ is the same substance as God and that's how they interpreted the notion of hupostasis, which is the word. Hupo means to be under, and stasis is your stance under. But the way that unpacks has been that substance means something esoteric like divine substance, divine construct, whatever God is in substance Christ is, well the moment you're talking about substance that way, you've entered into the realm of the material, of the material, the atomic structure of the thing. Well God has no atomic structure God is a spirit, spirit is other than material that may be analyzed. And in fact if it's material that may be analyzed, substance is tangible and material and defines erroneously The thing that is invisible, which becomes visible, or which is granted credence so that we may believe in the invisible by the material appearing that evinces the invisible. God is invisible, will always be invisible no man has at any time seen God. Now I'll grant a meaning to the term substance such as in the passage on the prodigal son which says, "...and he wasted his substance in riotous living." There the term substance has more to do with his economy or his and it's more in nature his epistemology what defines him so we talk about whether an argument has substance or not which is not about a material thing but whether or not whether or not when it is examined its foundational basis its epistemology is cogent accurate it's reliable so that you can make decisions about it so in that sense god christ as the substance of god which is to say if you've seen me you have seen my father now jesus did not in that exchange point to any appearance that He had, rather He said, I only do what I see My Father doing. So believe Me, believe in the Father because of what you see Me doing. In other words, what you see Me doing is the visible evidence that testifies of the invisible Father. That was the the dilemma that He was sorting out for His disciples when they said, "Show us the Father, and it would be enough," they wanted a material showing. Something that would say that Christ is the same material; He's made up of the same material as God. And in fact, this is much. Uh, this is falling in line with the ancient Gnostic notion of a man of light, and and. Uh, who is broken up into sparks and therefore the spark of the divine. This is what the old fathers were trying to to pick their way through. The whole discussion was predicated upon sorting out whether God had come in the flesh uh, in the form of the Lord Jesus Christ and more to the point as the champion or the Man of Light, that is fruitless uh, in engaging because it misses the relevance of what we are to be looking at. The Man Jesus is never someone we are to know God according to the flesh. We are not to know Him in any connection as Mary's son. If we know Him as God, it is what He puts on display in terms of the character of God that is His relevance as the perfect Son showing the nature of the invisible Father. We are thinking here then of being without reference to form or substance of any kind, but being with reference to character, the way the character of the invisible person is displayed in visible works, particularly invisible works that are designed and intended, intentioned to be representational. So, hypostasis still remains the matter of standing under as opposed to uh, some sort of esoteric divine substance that cannot be apprehended uh, but exists as substance. No, spirit does not have substance, in fact Jesus said that Himself, "...handle me, touch me, spirit has not flesh and bone." So there was a body That emerged from the grave that had a different substance related to the resurrection. But that yet is a container. It's not the substance, it's not the reality of God Himself. It's a container in which God Himself might be put on display. And in that sense, when we are born again, we have been issued forth by the Spirit of God capable with the capacity to house the presence of God. But that new creation is not God, that new creation is merely the competence given to us to house and to demonstrate accurately the nature of the invisible God. So with that said, let's move into hupostasis because it really means to stand under, to stand under, which is our epistemology. It's, It's in close parallel to stand upon. But the manner in which we stand under, the substance, the positioning, our epistemology is defined by the word Tatimi. T I T H E M I. Tatimi. T I T H E M I. Tatimi. It means to lie down as if you are dead. To lie down as if you are dead. In that sense, faith. Then, is like the stone in front of the sepulchre because that's what they did in the ancient world with dead people, they were put into the sepulchre. And the stone rolled into place in the mouth of the sepulchre is the analogy to the shield of faith. So it tells us that a person who hoopostasis is lying down under, is resting on certain certainties and so at rest as if to have died and buried. Now let me move forward into this area and then we'll come back and do all the relative or relevant uh, considerations. When you stand up or when you lie down in complete trust of God, it is as though your energies, your efforts have expired, you are dead. Now that, you see, is the most vulnerable condition in which you could ever find yourself. A dead man, a corpse, cannot offer any resistance, cannot offer any defense, cannot offer, is not capable of quenching any fiery darts, the assaults of the enemy. Well, when you stand up, or when you lie down, rather, in this condition of absolute vulnerability, the condition defined as tatimi, something else happens. God stands up in you. And this standing up is defined in the word, parallel word to tatimi, it's the word. Histemi. it's the word histemi, H-I-S-T-E-M-I, histemi. We get the pharmaceutical word histamine from it, histamine. Now what that is, the analogy uh, to this and the reason that pharmacists chose the word is because it is descriptive of a result, something the body does when it is vulnerable. So if the body is in an environment of allergens which attack vital organs, in that environment the body is compromised, the body is vulnerable the body is weak and weakened and cannot offer the resistance that it needs to offer in order to protect itself. So the design of the body, God designed the body to speak of this truth. The body then produces fluids, even in a weakened state, it has the capacity to produce fluids, to produce the water of the word, if I may say it that way, to cushion and defend, by word, by water, the organs that are subject to attack. When you're having an allergic reaction, swelling is usually the main thing that accompanies an allergic reaction because the body produces water, fluid, to cushion and protect the affected organs. That swelling, that standing up, is what is referred to as histemy. So when you lie down as if you are dead, the standing up of God in your circumstance is analogous to the shield of faith. So the twin action, Tetimi and histemi, speak simultaneously of your death because you intended to rest upon, you intended your epistemology to be that you trust God, and because your epistemology, trusting God, puts you in a condition of tatimi, God inevitably stands up in you, stands up in your place, stands up in your circumstance, in the way He chooses. So your tatimi, based upon your epistemology, triggers a result that is visible by the invisible God and that's your hope when you me, that the invisible God will stand up. The portion of this that you do not control is the outcome, so what you hope for is not a specific result but you hope for, you, you, you put your confidence in, the fact that when you are in a position of t- described as tatimi, God will inevitably stand up, that's what you hope for. How He does that is not anything subject to your control. How He does that is not something you can predetermine. And so part of your elpis, part of your hope is in the truth that He has announced that He will do exceedingly abundantly more than you could think or ask. So He's not going to be limited by your ability to think and your ability to ask, He'll be greater than. Now we're at the end of this time, when I come back we will further discuss Your weakness relative to his strength, continuing to to dissect and to pull apart faith as a shield, or faith as the shield of faith, with reference to the particular application of a stone in front of the sepulchre, which implies death, and in a condition of death lying down in a tatimid fashion, God rising up in the midst of your circumstance. I'm Sam Solon, and we will move forward in that discussion. See you then, bye bye.